Welcome everyone to How Winners Win. This is Daniel Blue. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Kita Spears, aka Hi Key. What up? What's up, winners? Well, we have somebody that I can say is a, a true inspiration. I can't say we've interviewed somebody like this. So I'm really excited to share his story and help you guys see what's possible. And if you've got a, uh, a daughter, a son, if you've got a teenager, you're definitely going to want to listen up. If you plan on having kids, you're going to want to listen up. So either way, you're going to want to listen to this podcast. We've got Caleb Maddox. And for those who do not know uh, his story, his name, uh, made his first million by the age of 15. Uh, he is a co-founder of Apex for Kids, a million dollar entrepreneur. Uh, he's got a single video with over 40 million views, uh, was a, a voted top 20 uh, most, on, most motivational person on the planet. He's got a, a lot of knowledge in the marketing space, e-com space. Uh, he's just been crushing it at such a young age. So really, really excited to have you on the show, Caleb. Thank you for coming on. Dude, it is a, a blessing. I'm looking forward to the conversation and I'm grateful for everyone tuning in. Well, let's get right to it, man. I can't say that people listening to this right now know someone that made their first million at, at 15 years old. When did you realize that you were a freak, that you were not like other kids out there? <laughs> um, You know, it, it didn't start off that way, right? It wasn't like whenever I was, you know, a little kid, all of a sudden I'm like, dude, I'm a prodigy. I'm a genius or something like that. It definitely wasn't the origin story. Uh, in fact, whenever I was younger, I was actually kind of the opposite. I was kind of below most of the kids my age in the sense of when I was about seven years old um, and actually just give a little bit of context. My parents got divorced whenever I was four and that kind of like a pretty solid effect on me. So at the age of seven, I didn't have a lot of confidence. Uh, I was so shy that when someone tried to talk to me, I'd literally start crying. I was the only kid in my entire kindergarten class to not say what they wanted to be when they grew up on stage during kindergarten graduation out of like 200 different kids. So it comes as shock to a lot of people because they see me speaking, they see me on stage, whatever it is. And then I realized like that's kind of how I started off. And I was also pretty disrespectful for the most part uh, as like a little little kid because you know of my parents getting divorced and probably a lot of the, the internal stuff that I was dealing with so in a lot of ways I was like the kid that other you know parents didn't want their kids to be around um, and then when I was seven years old something happened that really changed my life I went over to one of my friend's house and uh, their mom came up to him and handed him a $20 bill and you know, obviously when you're seven years old, $20 is like a million dollars now, right? It's like, a, it's more than a million dollars is to me at this exact moment in time. But 20 bucks is like, that's a lot of money. So I asked him, I was like, dude, how did you get this $20? What did you do? Did your mom just give it to you? Did like, how, like what exactly did you do? And he said that he did these things called chores, which is pretty straightforward, but I didn't know what they were at the time, right? Like he takes out the trash, he does the dishes. And at the end of the month, he gets paid $20. And I was immediately livid because I'm like, dude, I'm doing all that, you know, at my house, but I'm just not getting paid for it. So I told my dad, I was like, dad, you know, as soon as I saw him, I said, dad, I want to get paid to do chores. And he said a word that changed my life forever. He said, no, he said, no, I'm not going to pay to do chores. And I was like, why? Like, why not? Why not pay me to do chores? He said, Caleb, you're not going to get paid to do chores when you're older, right? You're not going to get paid to take out the trash, do the dishes. It's not what you're going to get paid for. What you will get paid for is what you know, right? It's, it's the way that you think it's the beliefs that you have. So he said, what I'll do for you is I'll pay you $20 for every single business and personal development book that you read and write a report on. And so at the age of seven years old, I read a, the first book I read uh, that my dad gave me $20 for was a book called The Success Principles, which is like more than 400 pages long. So it took me like six months to read just to make $20. But that book impacted my life so much that I actually like told my dad, I don't even want to get paid going forward because like the book is worth more than just the $20. And so at the age of seven, I just became obsessed with reading. And I spent a lot of my time as, as a child in solitude, uh, thinking, reading, learning, studying some of the most successful people in the world. And so I 
you know, after that happened, I had a very different upbringing than most people because my input at a young age was literally studying people like Warren Buffett, like Steve Jobs, like Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant, people with this type of mentality. And I started to notice there's a lot of patterns, right? There's a lot of power uh, patterns that cause people to become successful. And I've always been a big believer that there's power in patterns. And so at a young age, I started realizing there was a way that successful people thought, right? It wasn't luck. It wasn't something that was just handed to them most of the time. In fact, a lot of times, a lot of the most successful people had worse backgrounds than a lot of us deal with, but yet they still had success, right? You even look at someone like Oprah, the things that she dealt with and the results that she had. And so at a young age, I became obsessed with almost like brain sinking with some of the world's most successful people. How do I think the same way as them? How do I have the same patterns? How do I have the same beliefs about money? And that kind of resulted in, by the age of 14 years old, you know, my mentality was just so different than most people. And I did an insane amount of different stuff and I was extremely scrappy and had a lot of failures along the way, which would you'd be shocked to hear at 14 years old. But if I told you guys some of the stories, um, it, it's, been, it's definitely been a grind, it's been scrappy. Uh, but, but when I was 14 years old, I made my first $200,000 and then I was 16, so you said 15. Sadly, I was a little bit behind. It was When I was 16, I made my first million dollars. Um, and then now I get to do a lot of cool stuff in the process. I have a lot of respect for you, Daniel. Uh, number two, I have a lot of respect for the team member that brought this to me, but I actually haven't done a podcast interview in literally months. Like when I was 14, it was the main thing I would do. I would do podcast interviews like three or four a day, constantly, you know, speaking all that stuff. Nowadays, I'm really just focused on my businesses and the long-term vision of everything I'm creating behind the scenes. But one of the reasons why I want to do it with you guys is, is the name of your podcast. It's how winners win. Right. And I love that. Cause that, that's always been my quote. I've always said like, you know, there's no, nothing that gives me more confident confidence than understanding that winners win because I know I'm a winner and that means I'll always win. Right. And so I think it's fascinating what you guys are doing. And I love the title because I just feel like if you're a true winner, there's literally nothing that can stop you. Right. If you truly have the mentality of a winner, you understand the patterns and the way that winners think there is no reason that you'll ever lose. That doesn't mean you're not going to have losses. You have a lot of losses. Right. If I told you every single business I've created at this point, it's literally over a hundred and probably 50 of them are not just like small little businesses. You'd create as like a kid, like a lemonade stand. They're like legit businesses, LLC set up, you know, like paying customers. Um, and there's just been so much output that I've had at my age. And so I guess that's kind of why I'm able to think the way that I think and do the things I get to do now at the age of 19 years old. Well, I appreciate you uh, being transparent with us and, and jumping on the show and, and sharing your time. And how dare you, man? It took you till 16 to make your first million, not 15. Like, bro, like, come on, man. You slacker. You Jeez. <laughs> but who is the most influential person that you read that you read about? You know, so like with the winners out there, who do they need to, to look up to? Who's the who's in your top circle? Well, number one, uh, not not I would say the first influential person is not someone I read, but it was my dad. Right. Like my dad, my entire childhood. If you knew the stories like the ways he mentored me and the creative things he did, right? Like even just uh, him paying me $20 for every single book I would read, that was just like the start of it. But the amount of things my dad did during my childhood and, and the ways that he shaped my brain, it was literally like growing up in a boot camp, but around winning and success, right? So number one, definitely my dad's by far the most influential person in my life. Uh, same with my mom, I have, I, have, I have amazing parents, right? And even the, the, the fact they got divorced, like they handled that situation better than any two parents I've ever seen before. And they both love me so much and poured into me. And so that definitely starts with influence there. Um, next, I would say is probably Tony Robbins is definitely a large one, which is, is, is like a lot of the case for a lot of successful people. Um, you know, Tony's like 
the the celebrity amongst celebrities, right? You look at a lot of the world's most successful people and a lot of them got started by listening to Tony Robbins tapes and books. And Tony Robbins is very influential for me, right? So I think Tony's definitely one of them. I read a lot of his books as a kid. There's pictures of me at like eight years old walking around my apartment complex with headphones on, listening to Tony Robbins. So massively influential. Uh, also, like I said, the success principle. So Jack Canfield is, is up there. And the dude, she's like, it's, it's no one person, right? I think um, someone said a while back, uh, you know, reading is kind of like food. I may not remember every meal I've had, but even so it made me, right? And I feel the same way about all the people that I've read and everything I've picked up is like, there's probably so much influence I've had from people and, and principles I picked up that I can't even pinpoint now, but it's literally compounded and stacked to the way that I think today. So man, everyone like, you know, I've studied, and that's the, the thing too. I don't just study people who've had success in money. My, I, I love studying every single area, right? Studying athletes, studying people who've beaten the game of capitalism, people like John D. Rockefeller, Andrew Carnegie, JP Morgan, uh, people who are successful now, Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, um, you know, people who are successful actors. You know, I've gone through a phase where I've studied actors. Like I just, I'm obsessed with the science of what it takes to win and, and what causes people to get there. Right? So there's been a lot of influences. Have you read a uh, Matthew McConaughey's biography? I heard oh, that was dope. Line. I just bought that. Did you? Did you? Yeah. yeah I, I haven't read that yet, but uh, I have a lot of respect for Matthew McConaughey. I've, I I've heard studied the audio book is the bee's knees because yeah. he's narrates it. Yeah. Yeah. I heard, I heard, uh, dude, that's, that heard. sounds awesome. Just listen to Matthew McConaughey's voice. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I feel like oh, I'm, dri- I'm driving. What's, what's the oh, car? Man. Yeah. Like the Lincoln Navigator. He's like uh, in the commercial. Uh, that's what I feel like I would be in. Um, to kind of paint the picture for, for the audience, I heard Caleb speak at an event here in Las Vegas called Thrive. This is two, three years ago. And I wasn't familiar with his name. If you guys Google Caleb Maddox, uh, C-A-L-I-B, and then Maddox, M-A-D-D-I-X. I mean, he's just all over Google. And I didn't know him at this time, but I heard him speak on stage and he just freaking crushed it. And one thing, uh, I was actually re-watching the YouTube video when I was just doing more research on you, Caleb. And one quote that your dad, going back to your dad, that you said on stage that really, like, it gave me goosebumps. You're talking about how, you know, you guys were going through a tough time financially. And uh, the conversation with you and your dad was about like giving money or giving something to other people. And uh, you said something to your dad. You're like, well, dad, like we don't have you know enough to give. Like, what are you thinking? And then your dad came back and dropped a, a hammer. He's like, you don't give because you have. You have because you give. And I've never heard a phrase like yep. that. So I can see why you have your dad at number one ahead of Warren Buffett and Michael Jordan. Like, uh, that makes sense. <laughs> That's a bar. <laughs> Absolutely, man. You know, that was one of the most influential things for me by far was not only was I at a young age studying the world's most successful people, but also my dad really instilled in me a deep burden to give back a, and then also just like understand why you're doing it in the first place. Right. Like in the, the day, like money's never really motivated me. There's like only a few materialistic things that fire me up. Um, and it's even just recently it started to fire me up, which is like a jet. I really want a jet. I feel like, like having a private jet and it's not even the fact that I have a jet, like that's cool. But I know like I'm going to get in the jet and it's going to get old pretty quickly, but it's like the new, like the lifestyle change that'll cost, right? Like obviously like a jet fires me up, you know, having a really nice office, like all those different types of things, they're cool, but money's never been the thing that's motivated me. And so what I would say is I'm money hungry, but I'm not money motivated, right? So I'm hungry to make money. I crave money. I want to have as many resources as possible, right? I want to be worth multiple billions of dollars in my twenties, right? Like that's just like the absolute standard and it's going to happen. But that's because my ultimate goal is to be able to do in my lifetime, what I believe to be the most impactful way I can serve the human race, right? And I believe I can't pull that off and I can't 
accomplish a lot of things I want to accomplish unless I have the resources necessary to pull that off. And so that's where like the drive comes from. And so at a young age, like, you know, I remember my dad took me in over 54 mission trips by the time I was 12 years old. And we would go into some of the worst cities in America, right? We'd go into cities where literally there'd be cops around the border and you would drive into the city and the cops say, hey, I'm just letting you know, if you call us, we're not coming in. Like we go into cities like, like, you know, that were in that position. And I remember my entire childhood, like I, we would go into these cities and just like seeing the brokenness in our own backyard, right? It's like everyone always talks about in other countries, but just like even seeing in America, the amount of poverty, the amount of suffering. And I think there's probably nothing more impactful than looking in a human being's eyes and seeing real suffering, right? And, and at a young age, when I saw that in someone's eyes, I just made up my mind, I need to do whatever it takes during my time on this planet, during my time on this earth, to solve that look in people's eyes for as many people as possible, right? And that's one of my massive driving forces. I remember, you know, uh, when I was a kid, like we, we would go to like shelters where there was kids who had no one, no one in their life and they'd be sleeping on the ground. And so for Christmas, we would just buy them pillows, right? Like literally just get them a pillow and they would just start weeping, like just like weeping with gratitude because they finally get to sleep and have a pillow and they're still sleeping on the ground. They don't even have a bed, but they have a pillow and they're, they're able to lay their head on. And I remember just like seeing the contrast of that, of there's kids who cry because they have like, you know, they, they got the wrong colored iPhone on Christmas and they're mad about it. Right. And then there's kids who cry out of gratitude because they got a pillow and they're able to sleep and have like more comfort. And so like that contrast is really powerful for me as a kid. And that was one of the number one lessons my dad instilled in me was not just understanding how to sell, understanding how to make money, run businesses, you know, studying success, people reading books, but it was understanding the, the, the suffering that's in the world and give me a deep desire to actually fix that. And that's by far my number one driving force. So I appreciate you bringing that up. Yeah, man. Well, uh, I think everything you, you just uh, summarized, is, that's why you're a winner, right? Well, I've been studying a lot of winners as well. And, uh, you know, being around in masterminds and investing into personal development, tens of thousands of dollars to be in rooms of, of winners, millionaires, like they just have so much gratitude, right? And everything that you just described, you know, that's just a different perspective. And, and a lot of that gets lost in, in 2021, right? Uh, I want to shift to what you said really fires you up. Like right now, you know, I know you've got Apex for Kids and, and that's an amazing uh, story uh, in terms of what you're doing and how you're impacting the youth. Um, did some of the things that fire you up, like some of the things that your dad taught you, get you to a point where you're like, man, I want to help other kids learn what I learned. Can you talk about that? Absolutely. You know, obviously, like, like I told the story originally, whenever my dad started paying me to read books, like that was one of the most life changing things that's ever happened to me. And so at a young age, I literally saw a 180 degree change from being the kid. No one wanted their parents to be around. And I started reading these books and I had confidence. You know, I could communicate with people. I was respectful. I cared about people. I had gratitude. Like, you know, all, all, I saw all the fruits of it. And so I remember as I started becoming like eight, nine, 10 years old, I started to see such a separation between me and other kids. Right. And I started noticing like the way that I thought versus them, the way I would take full responsibility versus the way they'd make excuses. And I started noticing, I literally thought different than every kid I was ever associated with. And I remember whenever I was younger, I tried to get kids, like like my friends, I tried to get them to read the same books I was reading, right? I tried to get them to read Success Principles. I was like, dude, I promise you'll change your life. And they, they were like slightly hungry because they were like, what's different about you? Why do you think the way you think, right? And they wanted to learn. But when it came to it, I just could not get other kids my age to read personal development. You don't get a lot of me from seeing a 400 page book on personal development, especially because a lot of these books are written from adults to adults, right? So it's like a kid really can't relate to, uh, you know, a 50 year old guy who's writing a book. They're really long, the verbiage isn't there, the analogies aren't there. And so I became pretty passionate about the age of 13 years old, um, 
of trying to figure out some sort of way to crack through it and get kids to fall in love with personal development the same way that I was, right? I became friends with a lot of, uh, you know, pretty influential entertainers, you know, people like Jake Paul and stuff like that. And so I started like getting around them and I was like, you know, you have millions and millions of kids watching you each and every single day. I was like, what if there, like, there was something like this, but instead of it just being entertaining, it was educational, it was teaching kids life lessons, but almost like in a sense, like they didn't really realize it. They, they weren't sitting down to learn. They were sitting down to be entertained, but they were learning in the process. And so I did a few different things. I wrote a book called Keys to Success for Kids. Um, when I was 13 years old, that was the first everything I did. And the whole goal is the first ever personal growth book from a kid to kids. And so I wrote that and um, that was like really one of the big catalysts, you know, kind of got me into everything and I started promoting that and selling that and speaking on stages and stuff. And then whenever I was about 14, 15, I was like, what if there was like a Netflix, but that that taught kids life lessons, that taught them about confidence and discipline and work ethic and respect and, you know, having good manners. And so I created a bunch of companies kind of like with the goal. And then I partnered with uh, my best friend, his name is Ryan O'Donnell, whenever I was 17 years old. So this is about two years ago. And I actually moved out to Scottsdale, Arizona on my own to create a company called Apex for Kids. And I literally filmed like, you know, a hundred plus videos uh, that teach life lessons, but are super entertaining. Like they're the exact same way as, you know, you, the YouTube videos, the kids are already watching and they have editing and, you know, they have celebrities in it. And so I created that to, to you know, with the goal of, you know, uh, teach kids life lessons in an entertaining way. And we scaled it up to a hundred thousand students in a matter of about a year and a half. And that's still something that, you know, we have to this day, we have kids literally going through each and every single day. And it's one of the most phenomenal things uh, and most fulfilling things I've ever been a part of because even if you just look at the testimonials, I really believe our program has more testimonials for the hundred thousand students to go through it than literally any other program on the planet that's out there. Because the thing about kids is you don't need to rewire their brain, right? You have the opportunity to wire it right from the start while they're kids. Right. And that was like one of the big visions is instead of trying to fix society, it's like, how can we also have a project where we're fixing them from the start, right? We're fixing the inputs that create the output of society. And so, yeah, we create Apex for Kids and put 100,000 students through it. And any parents who want to learn more about it, you just go to apexforkids.com. That's huge impact right there. I mean, impacting a whole generation. Yeah. And that's the goal. Like, you know, Jeff Bezos, he says that uh, his goal of life is to basically make us a multiplanetary species because he feels like if we could be a multiplanetary species where you know we're on a thousand different planets if that were the case there would be a thousand einsteins and a thousand you know uh elon musk and a thousand different type of people like this and he's like that sounds like a great way to impact the human race but my thought is why don't we try to do that with like earth right why don't we try to do that with the human race here like how do we create those type of characters and that's one of the things i realized is like i can go try to become elon musk i can go try to become you know these type of people or i can also create those people right and that's one of the visions behind it and it's actually really cool because now a lot of the kids who went through the program are starting to do their own stuff where they're impacting people they're speaking they're writing books you know one of them just got a netflix show and so it's uh, it's pretty cool to see the duplication there that's awesome that's awesome why is personal branding such a big thing now you know, like why do kids and people and business owners need to have a personal brand? Cause I feel like you're killing your personal brand and you're teaching people in your apex group how to do it. Um, I mean, I think there's a few reasons why people, you know, love personal branding. Number one, I think with a lot of the kids, you know, it's the same way if a kid idolizes like LeBron James, right? What do they want to become? They want to become a basketball player. If they idolize, you know, a baseball player, they become a baseball player. Entrepreneurs, they want to become entrepreneurs. I think that was part of it with a lot of the kids is they saw that I wrote a book at a young age. And so they kind of want to do the same thing. Like they saw like the lifestyle I was living. So I think that was like a part of it for a lot of the kids is they're like, man, like I, like I can get paid to impact people and help people. And so that was definitely part of it. Um, 
And I think with, with personal branding as a whole, you gotta know, like uh, number one, I've put my personal brand on hold in a lot of ways over the last two years, which a lot of people don't realize because, you know, I still have like a lot of ads and a lot of my videos still, you know, reach a lot of people. Um, so it's, it's, you know, people notice that, but really over the last years, I've personally kind of tabled my personal brand because it, like I'm in a mode where number one, I realized the single most important thing when it comes to a personal brand is the first word, right? It's personal. It's you, right? If you look at a lot of the biggest personal brands in the world that, you know, have the most impact and make the most money, it starts with them. They've built themselves, right? Even if you look at Tony Robbins, everyone's like, how do I have the personal brand of, of someone like Tony Robbins? The truth is Tony Robbins doesn't have a personal brand because he's Tony Robbins, because he's built himself, because he's worked on himself, right? So I've been under that, that frame of mind, you know, for the last like two years is like, I, I want to go within and, and really figure out how do I be the best version of myself? Cause I, I'm still 19 years old, right? Obviously I have a lot to share and you know, there's things that people can pick up for me, but at the same time, I, I'm not even, you know, legally allowed to drink. Right. So it's like, so it's like, like at the same time, like I'm, I'm in a mode where I want to spend the first you know part of my life learning as much as possible. And I think that's definitely something when it comes to personal branding, I think a lot of people jump to the personal brand first, which I understand why get your name out there. You know, there's a way to impact people, but it's like, you gotta, you gotta work on yourself first and become somebody, you know, my dad used to always say, he used to always say, you know, people want to go on Oprah, but they're not willing to do what it takes to become Oprah bull. Meaning where, you know, they've done something worthy of going on Oprah, right? Where like, it's actually worthy of, of, of her interviewing them. And so I think that's the case for a lot of personal brands is, you know, you really need to be the best in the world at what you do before you can have a massive platform where millions of people are listening to you. And so that's one of the reasons uh, why I personally tabled it, but also like, as far as why people, you know, prioritize and have personal brands, at the end of the day, business is about attention, right? It's about exposure. It's about getting your name out there. Now, the business that's the most known, the person that's the most known is going to make the most money, right? And that's why I'm passionate about what we're doing with AdVinci um, is because we're giving people the opportunity to literally get in front of millions of people the same way a lot of the biggest brands are, but cheaper than the biggest brands are paying more efficiently and no matter what size they're kind of at. And so I, I'm passionate about attention. Like at the end of the day, I couldn't have had 100,000 students go through Apex for Kids if we weren't getting seen by tens of millions of people every single month, right? I couldn't have made my first million dollars by 16 if I wasn't reaching 9 million people a week organically, right? I think money in a lot of ways follows attention, impact follows attention, and pretty much everything that most people want within capitalism follows other people knowing about them, right? I think that's why a lot of people prioritize personal brands. Can you uh, tell the audience a little bit about, uh, is it Advenshi? Did I pronounce yeah. it correct? Yeah. Yeah, so um, AdVinci is basically the first ever viral video ad platform that has really existed. So the way that it works is we started off as a purely content creation company. So what we did is we you know, created a bunch of different social media accounts a bunch, uh, across a bunch of different platforms. And those social media accounts last year reached over a billion people. So we have about 200 uh, content creators on our team who work with us full time and they literally just produce content every single day and produce viral videos is basically what they do. Uh, and so we really assembled the best team in the world. Every single person on our team has been behind viral videos before they joined our team. And then as they're now a part of our team, we have a very intense training process to make sure they know how to consistently produce virality. And so that's what we did last year is we, we reached a billion people. This year, we're going to reach about 5 billion. And what kind of naturally happened as we started to reach, you know, as many people as we were reaching is, you know, it, what basically happens with any platform that reaches people is advertisers start to want to put their ads in front of that attention, right? That's how Facebook kind of happened. Facebook created a platform, you know, millions of people started to join and then Coca-Cola is like, Hey, 
Like, you know, I want to advertise in front of those millions of people. And so that basically happened with us, you know, as uh, our friend group started to find out about it, uh, people started, you know, basically asking what it would take for them to be able to put their offers, their products, their services in front of our viral videos. And so we opened up an ad platform and that's what Adventure is. It's the first ever viral video ad platform where we give people the opportunity to take their ads and naturally integrate it into our viral videos. And there's a lot of benefits to come with it. And obviously I'm not on here just to, to talk about my progress service. I want to be able to provide as much value as possible, but you know, it really is in my opinion, the best ad platform in the world to people fears to come. We're able to give minimum guarantees. So we're able to literally guarantee that you reach a certain amount of people because we know, um, you know, basically how many people we're able to reach per video. And then uh, there's no ad account bans, no ad policies that are super strict, which obviously huge. You don't have to deal with iOS 14. There's a lot of things maybe passionate about adventure and adventure is actually my number one priority right now, by far the number one thing that I'm focused on working on as we speak. It's huge impact. I mean, so basically if I understood this correctly, you know, people can come to Edvinci and be able to get their ads directly integrated into viral videos that you've broken down the science of viral and you're able to teach yep. it and they can get their ads implemented seamlessly into these videos. And now they've got the reach, you know, to, to touch millions and millions of potential customers. Exactly. And, and here's the thing too, because these viral videos are on Facebook and they're on YouTube and like we have, you know, all sorts of different platforms that we're on, you're able to technically run Facebook ads or YouTube ads, but we're able to cut out the middleman. We're able to give you better rates, better guarantees, you know, make your life as an advertiser easier. So that's the overall concept behind it. And that's exactly right. And literally any business on the planet can come to Adventure and we can get their brand, their message, their offer. It could be a hardcore CTA. It could just be a branded message. It doesn't matter what it is. We're able to get them in front of millions of people. Yeah, that's uh, that's, that's really sweet. Winners, make sure you guys uh, head over to one uh, in terms of the uh, the, the Apex uh, for kids. I, I highly recommend it. I, uh, I actually gave my daughter $20 to read one of your books, uh, Caleb. It was the one that had the green cover on it. I think it was How to Make Money as a Kid. Yep. Yeah. So it's funny is I've been giving her $20 to read personal development books just because I grew up in sales. And when I made a lot of money in terms of sales, like I hit my sales goal, I got a spiff, I got a commission. So I'm like, <laughs> let me raise my daughter the same way. Like you go above and beyond, I'm going to spiff you out. You know? And when she was 10, I, I had her start doing that. She's like, really dad? Uh, but it, it's worked. So uh, I, I know what you do is, is amazing on the, the Apex for Kids side. So so winners, head over there. If you have a, a son, a daughter, a niece, a nephew, um, it's all about our, our generation, right? Our country is going to remain great as long as our youth is, uh, is in a solid place. Uh, where can they find more information on uh, Adventure? Yeah, so uh, you can go to adventure.io. Or you can just hit me up on Instagram person. That's probably what I would do. Just reach out to me at Caleb Maddox on Instagram and I can like send you over a demo video that breaks everything down. I mean, if you're a business owner, there's no reason to it to not at least watch the demo video. Right. In the, the day, like advertising obviously is like the fuel for any business. How I scale all my businesses, to how I scale my companies to, you know, $15 million valuation to a million dollars a month in revenue, uh, whatever company you kind of choose, it literally all starts with advertising. And this is by far the best ad platform in the world. So if you just hit me up at Caleb Maddox on Instagram. I can send you over a demo video. It's about 17 to 20 minutes long, and it'll break down all the details. There cool. you go, winners. You heard it here first. Yeah. You, you guys are your audience winners, by the way? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So sick, dude. I love it. There's no. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, like when we were thinking about naming our podcast, like you mentioned Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, and, uh, you know, we, we really like that, right? It, business and sports have so many different similarities, right? And it's all about uh, winning and learning how to lose and, and, and getting better. Um, I do want to correct myself, audience uh, or, or winners, when you guys go to Instagram and you guys follow uh, Caleb, if you, you Google him, make sure it's uh, it's C-A-L-E-B. And then uh, Maddox is M-A-D-D-I-X. So winners, make sure you guys head over there. And then as far as uh, I really want to get your answer here, Caleb, because I think no matter where people are in their journey, whether they're existing business owner, nine to five employee, they want to quit their job. We all find ourselves in a rut and you've been around personal development and mindset for so long. And I'm curious, like the times that you found yourself in, in a rut, in a funk, kind of just like a, a rain cloud o- o- hanging over you, like what have been some things that have worked for you to, to kind of get you out of that funk? Um, that's a great question. There's a, there's a lot of things. There's a lot of resource I turn to if I ever catch myself in a rut. Um, it's, it's a lot of the cliche things, right? Like number one, you know, anytime I catch myself in a rut, if I go do something physical, so like whether it's go for a run, go for a rollerblade, go lift, you know, like an intense lift where I'm just like completely dialed in, like absolutely messing myself up, uh, go play pickleball. I love like playing pickleball. I don't know if you guys ever played it before, but like if I'm able to sweat or get my body moving, a lot of times that pulls me out of a rut and there's obviously a lot of science that backs that. Um, another one of the biggest things for me is meditation. I'm a massive, massive believer in meditation mm. because there's a lot of science. Like I've read a lot of books on, on, on neuroscience and stuff of that nature. So I definitely don't want to bore with neuroscience, but like literally I'll just put it this way. If you learn how to properly meditate and there's a lot of different meditations you can do, you can do transcendental meditation, Vipassana, there's a bunch of stuff like that. If you learn how to properly meditate, there's almost nothing that you cannot handle. Right. And, and the reason why is at the end of the day, you know, we are sensory machines. And what that means is we basically have five senses and that's how we basically interact with the entire world. And so all we do is we wake up and we're just hit with external stimulus, right? We're hit with people that we communicate with, you know, uh, videos that we watch, uh, meetings that we have. We're just hit with like the world basically. And what meditation allows me to do is basically put myself in a place mentally where there's no external stimulus that I can't handle. It basically shuts off all stimulus and allows me to reattack the world in a very, you know, uh, just I, nothing can touch me, right? There's nothing like I, you can come at me. There's been times, you know, in, in my entrepreneurial career where it's like, like we ha- like my team's coming to me and says, you know, we need like a five loaves and two fish moment using like the Bible analogy. Like we need you to come up with like six figures in this week. And boom, I'm like, you know, if that happens and, and like a team comes to me, I'm able, and one of the number of things, number one real uh, skills that I have as an entrepreneur is I'm able to handle any external stimulus because I'm able to meditate, go within and just kind of, you know, uh, go after that afterwards and handle it. So for me, anytime I catch myself in a rut, meditation, moving my body, uh, those are all massive, massive things. And then another thing too, is I just know my buttons, right? Like I know what causes me to be motivated or, you know, have a lot of energy. And so I'll, I'll just press those, right? Like, even if it's mentally, like I'm, I'm a very deep thinker, right? Like, you know, uh, I'm at a place now where I, I'm not just into like personal development stuff like that, but I'm very like philosophical. I've read a lot of books on philosophy and other stuff of that nature. And so I'm able to go to really deep places in my brain where I'm able to like really realize the fact that I only have one life. And when you really internalize that and when you are able to understand the magnitude of life, when you're able to realize like I am a being who has no clue really how I got here and I'm on a floating rock going through space 
in an ever-expanding universe and I only have one shot at this thing and no matter how great I do with my life or how bad I do with my life, it's fundamentally not really going to matter because in the, the day, thousands of years from now, like my name's not going to be remembered, even if I'm the most influential person ever live. When you're able to really go there deeply and not just like something you like hear on a video, like you're able to actually like feel that. It's, in my opinion, it's impossible to, to, to be in a rut because it's like, like why? Like wh- where's my rut? coming from like how, how can I not have motivated like if I have one life how am I going to take this little resource of the next few hours and not maximize that to the fullest extent and I forget exactly who says it, it might be Marcus Aurelius but someone says um when Marcus Aurelius was like a Roman uh, emperor but anyway someone says if a man has wasted even an hour of his life he's yet to understand the meaning of life or something like that Right. And I think that's another thing too, is like, if you realize how valuable time is and how fast life's going to go. And even like when I was a kid, I used to go to nursing homes and I'd pass out, you know, roses and stuff like that just to kind of get back to them. And I would sit there and I would ask you know, 80, 90, a hundred year old human beings, their life story and their philosophy on life and how they feel at the end. And when you have conversations with those type of people and you realize like, you know, what life is like, um, it's just one of those things like, like life is the motivator for me. Right. And also I think it's twofold. It's there's selfish motivations and there's unselfish motivations. And so sometimes I need more of one than the other. Sometimes it's completely unselfish and just me thinking about, you know, a kid who's on the verge of suicide and how, if I don't do what I you know need to do today, there's a chance that they literally commit to And that sounds very morbid, but that's where I'll go to in my head. And it's like, when you realize that's like, man, I'm, I'm facing a rut right now when someone else is facing depression. And if I'm able just to, get over this rut, which is way easier than this. I have the potential to help them because of what I'm doing every single day. Right. That's another thing. Like I realize, kind of like, I don't know if you guys ever played Jenga, but you know, how, like you'll, you'll press like a little Jenga piece and it comes out the other side. Like that's how I view my actions today. I know that the, the actions I take today are going to equate to the life I lived 10 years down the line. And so if I'm able to go there mentally, I'm able to deeply, you know, grab motivation from unselfish reasons. And then also selfish, right? Part of me is like, okay, like, like, like what would it take for me to get a jet in six months? You know, I mean, what would that feel like? What would it feel like to fly out to my family in Missouri that absolutely loves planes and say, Hey, you know, I want to take you guys on a plane and they get there and it's a jet and they've never been a jet in their entire life. And then I say, yeah, it's actually my jet. Like what's that moment feel like? Right. And like, so I, I go places in my head that, that allow me to do it. I think that's knowing yourself, right? That's why reflection is important. That's why solitude is important. Taking time to think, and understanding what drives you and why are you actually doing it. So I know that's a, a pretty ranty answer. Maybe listen to that a few times and see if there's any nuggets you can pick up. Um, Not about <laughs> I mean, that's exactly what I was going to say. I was like, winners, you guys better rewind that yeah, and, and listen to that, you know, at least three to four times. That, that was a lot to unpack. I, I do want to be respectful of your time, Caleb. But uh, before we let you go, I wanted to ask you, I know. So for me, I'm a late bloomer. I didn't start meditating until later in life. I can imagine that there's other people out there that can relate to that for, for the newbie meditators. Like where's a good place to, to meditate. I like to use the app called calm. Um, that's been good guided meditation. Um, where do you recommend people, uh, get, get started on the, the meditation journey? Um, that's a really great question. You know, honestly, I'm probably not the best person to ask that because like my meditation journey was really like interesting because like my dad had me do it as a kid and like, I met a lot of people. I, honestly, I would start with doing something as simple as like, just searching on YouTube and, and like finding someone who knows they're talking about. Like I would literally, like this is the right uh, meditation I would personally recommend. It's, it's called Vipassana. I'm gonna, I might box the spelling, but I think it's V-I-P-A-S-S-A-N-A. I believe is how you spell it. But if you just look up Vipassana meditation and find a little video that explains how to do it. Um, basically like what Vipassana is is it's the it's you basically being fully aware of the sensations in your body and the sensations in your mind and you'll have really powerful experiences if you move upon the right you're doing literally 
detaching from your sensations, right? You're sitting there and you're letting the sensations in your body just pass through and you're just analyzing them with no judgment. You're, you're analyzing your mind. And if you meditate, like I, I think the original, I forget like something like Sanskrit or something, the original uh, word meditation it had something to do with like awareness and like, like, you know, reflection. And that's how I do meditation. Meditation is your ability to literally scan yourself. Right? Like if you do meditation the right way, you're able to scan the inner workings of yourself and, and all you are is inner, right? You're inner operating with outer. And so if you can master what's inside of here, there's nothing that you can't accomplish, right? And so I, I would just look up Vipassana and start the journey there and really follow what is said and don't, do not do meditation as a task to check off a list, right? Really the goal of, of meditation is to, to get up and leave an entirely different person, right? So like really study and ask yourself like, like what is being said here and follow the process and understand fundamentally the first like few times you're gonna meditate, it's not gonna be effective. Like you may have like, sometimes you have a powerful experience, but most of the time you're gonna be jittery. And like a lot of people, you know, like they'll just like, you know, they just do it for the sake of doing it. They'll do it for like 10 minutes, or whatever. It's like, I, if I were you sitting down for 30 minutes to an hour and I'm doing it at least 10 times before I decide it didn't work, and I'm having 10 different sessions because maybe the sixth one, the seventh one is when it clicks, mm. right? But just look at Vipassana. Love it. You. So love, tune love. out the world, tune into yourself, what I got from this. Yeah. 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 Well, uh, win winners, make sure that you guys uh, hit up Caleb on uh, Instagram. I know for sure uh, as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, I'm going to be hitting him up on the uh, Ada Vinci. That sounds super, super unique. Never heard it broken down like that. Sounds like uh, Caleb is changing the game and he, he's been changing the game, changing the future since he came out the womb. That's how we know he's a winner. <laughs> so uh, winners, share this episode with a friend. Uh, do us a favor, head over to iTunes, give us some love, five star. I know you guys got a ton of value out of this episode and uh, show us that love on the, the iTunes so we can keep bringing on some amazing guests like Caleb. And uh, again, hit them up on Instagram and uh, check out uh, Apex for Kids and uh, Adavenshi when you DM him on Instagram. If you have a side hustle, product, service, uh, really any kind of business from what I'm gathering, uh, as Caleb mentioned, you need attention. You could have the best product service out there, but uh, if no one knows you exist, it's going to be tough. Yeah, it's going to be tough sledding. It's going to be hard to be a winner, guys. So Caleb, again, thank you so much for your time. We're honored that uh, you, you took the time to jump on our show and uh, give us some love and uh, sh show the winners what's up to, to live a life in, in the uh, the shoes of Caleb. And, and I really appreciate you kind of opening up the door, like how you think, how you act, how you operate. It's, it's no secret, no surprise why you're doing big things. Success has patterns. You know, good, good questions. I really enjoyed it. I, I completely support what you guys are doing. So I'm excited to continue the journey. Anything I can do to help, let, you know, let me know. And final thing I say before we wrap up real quick, you know, being like a winner, it's a difficult process, right? I, I want to give people a message. If you're watching this, like you clearly have some sort of winner within you because you're not sitting down watching the How Winners Win podcast. We don't at least got a glimpse, like a glimpse of winner. And like, it's really easy during the winning process. Like your mind fights you. But like at the end of the day, like we're, we're not meant to like quote unquote win, we're, we're meant to survive, right? And so really if, if you're actually committed to being a winner, you have to understand like your entire like being is gonna fight against you. You're gonna have negative beliefs. You're gonna have flaws. You're gonna make mistakes. You're gonna fail. And there's gonna be some terrible, terrible moments like along your journey. Like there's been moments I've like, I've like slammed the pavement because it's just like, it's so difficult on this process. And, and one of the most difficult things about it is sometimes you see other winners, right? That are, that are really successful. And it just seems so far away. It's like the way they think, like they think so, so much differently. They know so much more. They have so many more connections and resources and it seems so far, but I'll promise you guys this at the end of the day, if, if you have genuine persistence, 
you're going to win. Like, like I, I know that's like some cliche stuff. Like I, I've been, you know, you can go look up a motivational video right now on YouTube. I'll tell you the exact same thing, but I'm telling you, I've lived it. I have lived what it's like to have genuine persistence because your first thing's not going to work. Your second thing's not going to work. Your third thing's not going to work. But if you have genuine persistence, it is a law of numbers to where you are going to come out on the other side with victory. And also the way that you think is going to compound, right? If every single day you just have a high standard of the way you think and you're constantly chipping away, you're chiseling, right? Like success isn't adding stuff on, it's chiseling down, right? That's really what, what success is. You're constantly chiseling your mind, constantly correcting yourself, constantly, you know, like dealing with these thoughts of unworthiness and stuff of that nature. And I've had really deep conversations with some of the most successful people on the planet, like really deep conversations. And I promise you, they're not different than you. Number one, they're literally human beings, right? Like I sat down with Arnold Schwarzenegger and I remember looking in his eyes and I'm like, dang, like this is just a human being. Like he seemed like this large, dude, he's got hair, he's got eyes, like, he's a normal human being. And it's so easy to not realize that, but like every successful person, they have dealt with the exact same emotions that you're dealing with inside. They've dealt with insecurity, right? Some of the most successful people I know are some of the most insecure people, right? So it's like, don't get discouraged on your journey and just understand, even though like that's happening, like successful people aren't different than you, they just didn't give up when they were you, right? The, 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 they don't have different, like they deal with the same emotion, the same thoughts. They just push beyond it to the point where all of a sudden they seem like a freak of nature, right? So it, I don't even know what the final rant means. I don't know, maybe it's for like one specific person, but I just feel like saying that because like, if we're talking about Jano being a winner, you don't feel like a winner all the time, right? And you see these like these winners, you see Michael Jordan, like dang, like, you know, they're a winner, but that's me in like in business at this point. Like, I just know I'll win. Like, there's nothing stopping me. Fundamentally it's facts. I know what I'm doing. I've done it for a long time. You know, even though I am young and I just know like I'm going to win, I'm going to pull off more than most people perceive as humanly possible. It's going to happen. But at the same time, you're like all these people, they dealt with the feeling of being a loser. There was moments they didn't feel like a winner. There was painstaking moments. There's moments when they're sitting there and they're like, was even all this worth it in the first place? So if you just deal with it, if you deal with being a loser long enough, eventually you'll become a winner. I guess that's that's kind of what I'm trying to get across here. Man, I'm, I'm ready to go run a marathon, Caleb. Like I'm about to drop oh. the, the the headphones right now and just cut, cut this and just uh, do run some- Run through this damn wall behind us. Do some David Goggins kind of stuff. So uh, winners, I feel like you guys just got some bonus material that uh, I didn't expect Caleb to drop. So again, man, I really appreciate your time. Winners, make sure you support this man. Uh, the the runway is very large for him and uh, we're, we're excited to, uh, to be speaking with you today and, and look forward to talking to you soon, brother pleasure thank you guys peace